Hey, Kevin Draves here with The Howl for Diamond Box Bluetooth Speakers. I got to tell you, I play basketball at the gym down the road for me all the time. And sometimes I go late at night. I bring my Diamond Box. And now they're introducing three new systems. The new L2, XL2, and M2 all feature stereo sound by themselves or split stereo sound with wireless syncing of two units for a live sound experience. Loud enough for any environment. And I kid you not, you could play this at low volume and you'll hear it in any room of your house. This is the most powerful Bluetooth boombox speaker on the market today. Check them out on Twitter at Diamond Box Co. That's box with two X's, Diamond Box Co. Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Happy 2019 from the den. It may be a new year, but you are still listening to the best in the world, The Howl. We would like to welcome you if this is your first time or if you're a regular listener to the Nothing But Net channel here on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other featuring all teams and all topics from everybody's favorite sport, basketball. The Howl is brought to you by our wonderful supporting partners, Rhymesayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. All audio equipment on The Howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones, studio quality with easy accessibility since 1973. Quarter one of The Howl on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. This is our review and preview segment we take a look back at the Wolves week that was and look ahead to the upcoming games on this uh, Wolves schedule. Three games on the docket from last week. Two games in a, a very unique, Rob, a, a unique home-and-home home, uh, with the Utah Jazz. Unique in just the sense that we see this in 2K a lot, actually, where you'll have these weird back-to-backs kind of yep. like that. But also unique in just how the games went. Yeah, if you were to tell me that the Wolves would split against the Utah Jazz, I'd probably believe you. Uh, but if you were to tell me that both teams would lose at their own home, I would be a lot uh, a lot more shocked by that statement. Agreed. Uh, first game, Wolves taking on the Jazz in Utah. Uh, and we saw quite possibly a, a, just a, a great game from Towns. And I think probably one of his best that we've seen out of him this season. The big thing here is you're taking on a team that, number one, hadn't lost a home game yet. So Utah was undefeated at home, and they would played some good teams. So this is a game you went into saying, all right, and we, when we predicted this last week, we both felt like it was a loss. Yeah. And for good reason. We, we both thought that the Wolves would split against Utah. But Carl Towns. But lose, lose it on the road and win at home. Yep. And, but Carl Towns, he came to play. Not that he doesn't always. He does. Nope. 100%. But he was, it was almost like he was on a different level. Didn't you kind of feel that? Yeah. And it this, was and man on a mission. 
And remember, this is uh, wasn't this without Wiggins too? No Wiggins. The other guy that seemed to be on a mission, and I don't know what it is about him. He just randomly picks games, and in fact, he kind of reminds me of the old Andrew Wiggins, yeah. where like all of a sudden he would just jump out. Was Jeff Teague? Twenty-one points, eleven assists, yep. four rebounds. I mean, Jeff Teague came to play one of two from three. That's a the weird thing for me is in the new modern offense we're running. Why Jeff Teague is so hesitant to shoot three pointers that are wide open? Yeah. Like, honestly, there should be something where, like, they say to Jeff Teague, here's the deal. For every time you pass up on shooting a three-point shot, that when you come to the bench, pick a player, doesn't matter who it is, gets to just Rochambeau you right in the junk. Just a swift kick. You, I'm telling you, if you if you consistently did that, yeah, he's shooting those threes, you do, man. You do it once, and he's going to do he's that. He's shooting oh. those threes. Player of the game for me, though, Rob, in this one is Keelan Martin. 24 minutes, 6 of 7, shooting 2 of 3 from 3, 14 points, 6 rebounds. Now, the 4 fouls is something that I'd probably want to look for and maybe and hopefully not see that as a consistency thing. But one of his first but, games getting major minutes, he was amazing. Exactly. He shot really well. He got props from his teammate on this as well. Uh, just super, super happy for him. They talked after the game, I believe it was Carl Towns, and said, this doesn't surprise us. He's a great shooter. I think he said something along the lines of, like, the best shot on the team. Like, just something about the Which way he crazy shoots. crazy to think of. I'm a huge Kalen Martin fan. We loved him in Summer League. He was just fantastic. And so to see him succeed now like this is very, very cool. And we, we really fought for him as a fan base. A yeah. lot of people wanted him to be picked up as a two-way player, and it worked out really well. It did. And hopefully long-term it works out. You'd love to see it. And one thing that's been really nice about him, from him, now his three-point shot is very good. It's not consistent yet. You know, he started the season in the, in the limited minutes he played, I want to say 0 for 8 before this, so he's definitely starting to right that ship. But his floating game, yeah. his floater is fantastic. It is. And, and, and you're right. I would argue that he probably was the player of the game because without him and his great scoring efforts down the stretch – the other thing you get from him that you that you don't always get from younger players is he's always out there pushing to get rebounds. I love his rebounding effort. That's something we fought for Wiggins to get. When Wiggins isn't in the game, and he didn't play in this game, you need someone else to step up and do stuff like that, do the little things. And I think that Kalen Martin did that. You got six rebounds from him in this game, which is pretty cool. A lot to like about his game. Yep. And a good a good competitor on defense. He's not going to jump off the page defensively, but I like his effort. Yeah. The effort is there. And effort is effort is honestly 60% of playing defense. I think it's a huge part of it. It's, it's Knowing massive. where you need to be in a certain scheme, sure, that's part of it too. But uh, here's a good example, actually. Uh, our other player that uh, we'll talk about a little later on in this segment, Jalen Noel, is a player that puts in the effort. I don't watch him play and say there's no effort there. But he doesn't have the IQ on the defensive end to understand where he needs to be. Yep. Very similar to a player that I used to talk about all the time with Shabazz Muhammad. Certain players, the effort's there, but for whatever reason, they just don't get it. And Keelan Martin, you're, you're getting a good, a good mix of both, I feel like. He understands where he needs to be, plus the effort's there. Maybe eventually he becomes a plus defender. Maybe not, because he's not super tall. He's not necessarily a big guy. Yep. But I, I love what I see from out of them, and without him, we don't win this game. Uh, for the Jazz, real quick, uh, six players in double digits for the Jazz, uh, led by uh, Bogdanovich with 18, uh, Gobert with 16, Donovan Mitchell 17, Mike Conley 15. Some decent bench production. Only four players off the bench for what killed them? the Utah Jazz. Five of 23 from Donovan Mitchell. He, yep. His shot wasn't there. Uh, some of it was defense, but they missed a, they, as a team, they missed a number of open shots. Yeah, they, shot thir- they only shot 36.5%. On the night, that's not going to really help anybody out Nope. as you go. So Wolves get, wolves do get the 112-102 win over the Jazz there. Uh, two nights later, they travel back home to play the Jazz in a home game. And a completely, I mean, a, a similar result in the fact that the away team wins the game. Uh, but some differences across the board. Andrew Wiggins back. He has a great night, in my opinion. Towns with a good night. But after that... In my opinion, the drop-off is kind of pretty severe after that. Yeah, we've noticed that as a team, the Wolves have really found a way to, I would say, be better than expected based on what... I mean, coming into the season, I don't think we knew what we'd get, right? I think that was part of it. You, you kind of wonder, what hurts? You know, you talked about Wiggins having a good game, but one of 10 from three, that, that really did hurt us, I, would, I mean, quite a bit. But you got 22 points and seven rebounds, so it's not like he wasn't and, active. And three assists, too, which... 
My yours and my biggest gripe on Wiggins throughout this year. We know he can score. He's obviously proven that, but we want to see him fill the stat line in other ways. He is consistent now in those rebounds and those assists. Uh, when you look at his, his season stats, he's 5.2 rebounds and three and a half assists per game. Uh, obviously the numbers are skewed. He ranks 90th in rebounds and 58th in assists, but you look at, you know, that includes big men and point guards. So for those numbers for Andrew Wiggins, I personally am, am quite happy with Carl Towns needs to do more. They've, this has been an ongoing conversation throughout this year that we need to find a way to get him more shots. 10 shots for Carl Towns isn't going to cut it. No. You're not going to win the game. 5 of 10, 4 of 7 from 3. But think about what won you the game against Utah in Utah was Carl Towns getting up shots. Three-point shots seven, specifically. Yeah, hitting seven, 7 of 15 from 3 in that You know game what I don't need to see? I don't need 2 of 9 from Jeff Teague. I also don't need 2 of 7 from 3 from Travion. Uh, this, is, this is what I like to call him. He was Travion Boat Anchor Graham because he's dragging us down. He stinks. Every time he shoots, and, and funny thing is Jim Peterson has touched on this. He'll get a wide-open shot, and then he'll shoot it and miss it because that's what he does. And you think to yourself, what is happening? And Jim Peterson calls it out and says, this is the shot they want you to take. They are not covering Travion Graham. They're forcing the ball into his hands because they know he's not going to make it. Now, he had two threes in a row, and all of a sudden you're going, okay, all right. And this was actually touched on, I think it was in the first Utah game, where Dave Benz talked about how either, I think two seasons ago, Graham was like a 45% three-point shooter on a decent tick like he had a decent amount of attempts so the question of course is where did that guy go but when he shoots now you know it's not going in it's and there's no confidence which is weird uh it's weird to say no confidence because he's willing to shoot it and he, and he shoots it funny thing is if jeff teague would shoot it like travion graham would we would have a much better team and it's that's 100 that's oh, just the thing that's really hurt us but i just don't get why he's still getting minutes yeah, and then the other guys that, you know, you talk about players that really need to perform in order for us to be as good as we need to be. Jarrett Culver, 4 of 14. Uh, another guy, it's 2 of 7. So think about this. Culver and Graham shot 14 three-point shots. Only made four of them. That's not getting the job done. No. That per- uh, I mean, that just hurts us. The other thing I'm not super happy with is Jarrett Culver going 4 of 14. Uh, he did have 10 points, 4 rebounds. But his, uh, he's just been so inconsistent so far. And it's, I get it. We don't need to rush him in. He played 24 minutes in this game, came off the bench. But when you're playing 24 minutes, you're one of the top three bench guys off of this team. He's got, I mean, something's got to be figured out. He either needs to start shooting better overall or we need to cut his minutes down. Agreed. And the guy that's going to start getting some of those minutes, Kalen Martin, another good game, 10 and 7. I love, uh, we talked uh, after that first game about, his ability to rebound the basketball, we saw it again. And two of five, I'll take two of five shooting. It's not the best, but for a guy that's really trying to get, kind of come into his own shooting-wise, I think I like what I see yeah. here. And he's starting to, you're starting to see some progression there, which is huge. Well, and Culver, Okogie, and, and Martin are getting so many minutes because Jake Lehman is out. And, yep. and, and I'll say the same with Travion Graham, too. I think the four of them are eating up the minutes that Jake Lehman is missing by being out with his toe injury. We need him back. I, there's something about Jake Lehman I just really like. And he's been, he's been coming into his own. We talk about Martin, but Lehman's been shooting three at such a high rate, which is huge. This uh, is The difference in this game, by the way, though, the reason why you lose this game, it was not an effort thing because come down to the end of the game, we were hitting shots, but every time you hit a shot, Utah came right back and hit another one. It's funny. If you look at just the field goal percentages, you would say, man, Look at that Utah Jazz team. They really struggled. A lot of guys from the field. Uh, Mitchell and Bogdanovich, what happened? Moutier, what happened? But then you go over to the three-point line. Five of ten for Mitchell. Six of eleven for Bogdanovich. Two of four from Conley. And a lot of that happened at the end of the fourth quarter where they just had – we didn't have enough there. We'd get a three. They'd come right back and hit another three. Their We'd star- hit a their two. Starters, they'd hit a three. Their starters were the only ones to make a three-pointer, too. But they were so clutch. That yeah. was the biggest thing was the clutch – three-point shooting, and it made a huge difference in this game. Also, make your free throws. The Wolves make their free throws, they win this game. The Utah Jazz, what did they do? They made free throws. Six of seven for Bogdanovich. Three of three for Mitchell. Two of two for Conley. You know, not everyone's going to make every free throw, but I just, that's been a consistent issue for the Wolves this season. And when you're losing games that are they're close and that you're right in it, you can't be missing free throws. You can't. Teague, 7 of 11. Remember when Jeff Teague was an automatic? I don't. Like, at this point, yeah. you, just, you look at it and you say, what happened? Covington, 2 of 5. I think he missed three in a row at one point. That can't happen. Uh, Wiggins, 1 of 3. 
you're not going to win the game. No, those missed free throws you know, make up the points. One right thing there. I'll say is no free throws for Towns. This has been another consistent issue. Speaking of fouls and free throws, Carl Towns, at what point is he going to get the respect he deserves from officials? Is it ever going to happen? Probably not. I just don't know that it's going to ever happen, and that's so frustrating to me because he does everything everything you need to do to get those calls, and he never gets them. He just never gets the benefit of the doubt. I'm not even talking superstar calls. Just give him regular foul calls. Yeah. I, to me, that's, 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 it gets a little frustrating. It really does. 103.95, your final. The Wolves come back Saturday for the rare afternoon game, a 4 o'clock start in Minnesota, and they take on the Phoenix Suns in the Ricky Rubio revenge game. And That almost was. That almost was. Uh, he did not end up playing with back spasms. And either did Baines. So you come into this game and you're like, I feel pretty good about and this. And then, of course, no... Uh, DeAndre Ayton because he's suspended. Yep. But now we're missing a lot of guys. Like let's 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 call a spade a spade here. You go into this game, they're missing some key pieces. But the difference being, they knew they were missing guys. Yep. Whereas a lot of our stuff was kind of last minute. Robert Covington really had, uh, you know, his, I believe it was his great aunt passed away. So you know, prayers to your family, man. It's it's unfortunate that this is this is happening to some of these players because that's really tough to play through when you have a death in your family. Uh, that adds just a, a level of stress that you know you you really wish these players didn't have to deal with. So, but uh, definitely a shout out to his family. But in addition to that, you, we talk about Jake Lehman, who's been out. This is a team that needs their players because we don't exactly have some crazy depth. And they talk about this in the game. We at times we had three G League players playing at the same time. What does yeah. that tell you? And they had this stat in this game by a large margin. We are the number one team for minutes played by G League players, and it's not close. I mean, that tells you how impressive I feel like this team has been yeah. to be able to have G League guys that can jump into the system and, and perform and, and be able to, to help out and be productive. And one of those guys, Kata Bates-Diop, uh, some would call this maybe a breakout game for him. So good. 37 minutes, 9 of 18, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, and 22 points. Second leading score on the team. Towns with a great game. His career high in points, by the way. Uh, Towns with a, a great game stat-wise overall. Wiggins with a pretty good game. Uh, but can we talk about two things that bugged me in this game? One, uh, Keelan Martin had quite possibly his worst game as a Timberwolf. He was bad. Uh, but even Well, I'm not going to say bad. He just couldn't hit shots. Yeah. Because I thought he uh, played well. Even worse than Keelan Martin, Noah Vonley. Noah Vonley is... Are you done with the Noah Vonley experiment in Minnesota? I just... I just frust- I get frustrated by him because when he plays well, he doesn't play great. He just when it's kind of like a I, I feel like I'm watching like a Mark Madsen game when he plays well. Good hustle. Uh, you're getting some rebounds, maybe some defense, but nothing really jumps off. The- you don't say to yourself, "Man, what a player." Yeah. It just it's good, right? But when he's bad, he's really bad. I just don't know what they're seeing in practice. To me, if I'm watching this team, uh, you know, again, I'm not at practice, but. The guys that should be playing when you're missing a guy like Robert Covington, and you want to put a guy at that four position, Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell. Him and I don't Kat play really well together. And they look great. The best, the best stretch for me was there was, a, there, was a, there was a play. Something happened where Bell was getting taken out. I don't know if you recall this. Bell was getting taken out, and instead he had to stay in the game. And he went on to play, I think, the rest of the game. Because he played so productively, he had this. Inc- he had a crazy block, and this is—he was so far out of the game that he was actually sitting down. And they said, "Oh no, no, we're, something changed." I, I wish I could remember the exact thing, but something happened where they got it wrong. Oh, it was a the the person on the other team. There was a foul. We were in the bonus, and whoever's in charge sitting at the scorers table didn't do a good enough job of letting the referee know. So they had to go back, change the clock, and then they had to put Jordan Bell at the free throw line. Misses both free throws, which, again, tell me about missing free yep. throws. Such, a, such an issue. But then we, I think we, got the, we might have gotten the ball back, but Bell just had, after, at, that, at that point, had some really, really productive and hard-fought minutes. The guy needs to be playing 100%. Well, when he, he plays, good things happen. He even said, too, because uh, somebody asked him if he thinks he should be getting more playing time. I read this. And yeah. this, this comment from Jordan Bell is... One of the big reasons why I was so happy that he's on this team, because you look at what he, what happened to him in golden state and the production he had there. And then he just got left on the bench. Uh, so Jordan Bell basically in a, in a summed up verse says, 
you know, I, I, I came here and I wasn't promised anything. I've dealt with injuries. Other guys are playing well. I have to earn my keep on this team. I'm happy for everybody. And you can tell he's genuinely happy for the guys on this team when he is on the bench. He is not now, nor has he ever been a diva worrying about his playing time and demanding minutes. He played 17 minutes. He only put up three points, but he had nine rebounds. That And that's that's a thing that we lack on this team is somebody to be able to rebound other than Cat. Cat went 31 and 17. Jordan Bell adding another nine to it. Two that blocks. Helped us, that helped us win the rebound battle. And how about this? He was a plus eight. Again, single game plus minus is a weak stat. I understand that. But still, when you're talking about how well a guy played, it's nice to see that. And Noel Vonley, by the way, he was a minus six in seven minutes played. And you think about that. If Jordan Bell had played, what kind of a difference would it have been? That really makes it. Especially I think, since we lost by two. You lose by two points. Um, the other thing that didn't help us, so, and I'm glad he's up here, and I'm glad he was able to get some minutes and just be able to get an attempt at playing is Jalen Noel. I love Jalen Noel. He's absolutely destroying the G League right now. But he came up, and I'll say this when he shot the basketball, I knew it wasn't going in. And, and people talk about what a great form he has. That's been pretty consistent up and down. Everyone talks about how good he is shooting the basketball. His form was janky, and it was because if you watch when he shot, it must have been a nerves thing because he rushed everything, and you and he was short, so he's not using enough legs on his shot, which is not normally a problem for him. And you saw it. I think nerves got the best of him. It's not like he played a ton of minutes, but when he only played, uh, I mean, he got uh, 13 minutes, which for your first like real action, uh, you'll you'll take that. What he did have one shot, by the way. Did you see the where he was on the baseline? No, I got the up. and one. It was a pretty nice shot. Made the free throw. He's a very good free throw shooter. But again, we talk about free throws. He was by two points. Wiggins, one of three. Teague, three of four. Uh, KBD, one of two. Jordan Bell, one of four. Make your free throws. You win the game. Yep. This is a trend, and it's, it's really, really tough it's, to watch. It's really bad. It's really tough to watch. Uh, did you see? So I'm, I'm guessing you probably didn't, but it was right after the Wolves game. Uh, some dude posted an article. Uh, and again, they let anybody blog, so it's whatever. But he yep, basically goes, yep. uh, future Phoenix son Carl Anthony Towns helps out his future team by missing game-winning shot. Oh, which, by the way, I think we need to touch on that more. First of all, stupid article. Whoever wrote that or stupid yeah. headline, really dumb. Yeah, it was, it, but it, also, the whole article what? was just as bogus. What are you doing, Towns? What do you think you're doing, taking basically a half-court shot? We had time. Yeah. We didn't need to rush that. But on top of that, why did Ryan Saunders not call timeout? Ultimately, you have timeouts. Where was the timeout? You get that ball back. You have a chance to tie the game. You have to as, call a timeout. As much as we're homers for Drip Saunders because we love him, we also got to be yep. super critical of him when it deserves. And, and some ro- situation and some roster, some roster, interesting roster moves tonight yep. or in that game. I don't know that you, you never really had to. Don't play all three G leaguers at once. But I will say, I was I was happy that he did not play Travion. Well, no, Travion was hurt. Oh, so it came up in the box score as a coach's decision. Well, he well that's not true. He was hurt. He had a like a, a arm strain or something because he's actually for the game that's coming up tonight. Uh, he's also questionable for that game, okay. or not questionable, but he might not play or right. they're not sure. So he was actually hurt. Uh, I know I know that's why he did not play. But I'd like to think that because before that game, I said to myself, actually I said on Twitter. Travion Graham not playing, I think, is a positive for us. But the problem is, when you replace Travion Graham with Noel Vonley as the, the, the guy you're going to... Well, I guess I should say he replaced Covington. But the way that players were used, I thought we screwed that up. Yeah, I think we did too. I, th- I think we had plenty of opportunity to pull away in this game and get the win and go 2-1 and one in this three-game series or three-game week versus 1-2. And, I, and wish, two. I wish I could remember more specifics, but uh, I know that was a very poorly officiated game. That was a pretty common theme. And I would say on the season, the officiating has been really bad. I, I don't know what it is about that. One thing that's weird, and this is not I, – I, I want to I preface this by saying this is not a knock on females specifically, but the refs that they've brought in recently, the, the, there's a bunch of um, – there's a number of female refs that have been brought in that I don't know what it is, but w- when they've ref the game, I don't know if – if, I don't know what the deal is there, but I, I, I've definitely seen issues with, with those specific referees. And I'm not saying it's because they're, they're females, but 
the problem I've run into is that it's more noticeable because they've kind of started to integrate, uh, which I love. I love that, you know, remember how good Violet Palmer was yeah. as an official? Yep. Uh, one of the best we've ever had. Now, she's retired, but they've started to bring these these um, new this new these new referees in and I don't I don't I don't know what it is again it's not because they're females but I just I've noticed it because we've started to see more of them and I they're more noticeable because there aren't as many of them and so it's probably more of a maybe the new crop of referees and so it's probably not just you know the, the ones I'm mentioning but we've had a few issues over the last week with with some crews that have been really rough and to me that's something the NBA has got to look at is just what, what's going on with these new referees that you're bringing in that they're not prepared. And, and I think more so the reason why I mentioned uh, the, the sex issue is more because, you know, I feel like it took a lot more for them to get here. And so what, what's the NBA's process for getting someone into the NBA at that level? Because for the longest time, we don't even have a lot of female officials. And it's cool to see that, but it's surprising that the ones that have made that jump just don't seem to yep. really be prepared. I don't know what it is there, but it's been frustrating hopefully, to watch. Hopefully we see some growth and it gets better. Uh, 100 to 98 was your final uh, at home against Phoenix. Uh, so taking a look ahead here, Rob, we got just a couple games on this, uh, on this schedule uh, for the week. Uh, first off, the Wolves Monday night in Atlanta to take on the 4-12 and struggling Hawks. Uh, another game here uh, Wednesday against the uh, San Antonio Spurs. And then we also have a game against uh, the Memphis Grizzlies on the docket as well, Rob. Uh, three games that are all incredibly winnable for this Wolves team, barring injuries and setbacks. Uh, what are your thoughts on this three-game stretch for us? I mean, you got to win all three. Honestly, if, if your season's going to continue to go the way that you – surprisingly have had it go so far. You need to beat teams that you can beat. You need to win. You know what I'm saying? You just need uh, you need to find a way to win it. And that's uh, these are teams that are, uh, you know, in the case of the Grizzlies, that's another up-and-coming uh, young Western Conference team. They've Now, we lost to them earlier in the season, too. Ba- badly, if I remember. We, it, 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 was, it didn't go well. It did not go well. And so that's a game you got to win. The Hawks, an up-and-coming Eastern Conference team. You have to find a way to win those games. Again, I do think part of it is always going to be injuries. You can't have too many games where you have a lot of G League players. It's one thing when you have like one or two G League guys that are playing in your game. You can space that out. What hurts is when... You're playing uh, two of them at the same position. You know, you've got two wings, yep. and then you know, Kata Bates. If it if it was up to me, he'd be starting going forward. I think he should be starting more basketball games than he does right now. If you look at comparing him to Graham, so I got in a couple arguments with people on Twitter about this because there were actually people that were upset that I was saying Graham shouldn't play. Graham's not that good. He's not a great defender. He's not. In fact, I would argue if you're as bad defense or bad offensively as he is, you better be. You better be elite defensively, and he's not. Looking at the statistics, here's what does it for me. So offensively, offensive rating, you have Graham at a 94, and then his defensive rating is a 111. Take a look at Kade Bates' D up. Kade Bates is a 111 for offensive rating, so way way better, and he's the exact same. Sorry, 115 for offense, 111 for defense. So the same defensive statistic. And much, much better than you see from Graham on the offensive end. To me, it's a no-brainer. And he's got a little more flexibility. And he's more of a true four. So if you're talking, you look at that starting lineup, Jeff Teague, who unfortunately is going to be there, even though he, ha- he struggled. But if you're talking Teague, Wiggins, and then you have Rocco playing that three, KBD at the four, Towns at the five, I like that a lot. I really, really like that lineup. Too. That's the lineup I would be using. And I hope Drip Saunders at least considers it especially given how good Kata Bates was in the last game. You, you, can't, you can't keep Kata Bates D up down. Like when, when people come back, you got to find a way to keep them up, keep them getting playing time. Uh, him and Lehman need to be in a good rotation together at the four. Um, I think we need to move away from Covington at the four and get him back into the three and uh, figure out some ways around that. Uh, the Wolves are four and a half point favorites against the Hawks, who are on a six-game losing streak right now. You have to win this game on the road. You cannot lose to a team who's on a six-game losing streak. It can't, it can't happen. Yep. The Spurs, uh, Paul Garcia, who was on our show during the Western Conference preview, uh, following him on Twitter, uh, it sounds like Spurs fans are so insanely negative on this season. 
Uh, he posted a poll with their four games asking how fans did. Wolves included, included in one of them. And probably uh, out of the four teams, one of the lower-ranked teams, I would say. And most of the fans were saying that they would win only one game, maybe, or, or none at all, as a higher percentage in his poll. So I think Spurs fans are down on their team this year. Uh, and then you look at Memphis, like you said, Rob, an up-and-coming team. Uh, they've got Ja, they've got Triple J. Really, in my opinion, not too much else after that. So that's a game uh, that you need to win as well. Predictions, though, Rob. What do you think they do, actually? I'm going to predict. I'm going to be homer. Well, we, we weren't homer last time, and, and you know, I think this week I'm going to go with a little bit of a homer. I think we win them all. I'm going to go 2-1. and one. I think we beat Atlanta. I think we beat Memphis. The Spurs game is the one that I'm unsure about. Now, it's a road game. Uh, Pops is Pops. The Spurs are the Spurs. I think that's a game that – I think that's the swing game for me that, that can make things maybe a little difficult. Uh, but 2-1, and 3-0, and oh, I think are both good records to be at. Uh, Rob, anything else you want to add for the upcoming three games? No, I think that, that kind of sets us up pretty good and uh, jumps us right into our talker segment. Quarter two of the Howl here on Dash Radio is nothing but a channel. This is our talker segment. We're going to go over a lot of different stuff here that we got. Rob, uh, what's the first thing that you want to touch on here today? I want to touch on one thing that's been popping into the headlines uh, the last couple uh, games more so was the little bit of a riff that we've seen looking at the Chicago Bulls between uh, Jim Boylan and our guy Zach Levine. Yes. Now, personally... Uh, now, there's more to touch on, obviously, given he just had that amazing, was it 49 points, 13 three-pointers? 13 pointers in the game. 13 the, of 17 they, or something? The game winner in Charlotte when you're down five with just 15 ridiculous. seconds to go. Um, I, so I'm so impressed with Zach Levine offensively. If the guy could just play some defense, yes. right? I wonder how that ends. If you're now, I will say this. If you're Carl Towns and you're Andrew Wiggins, don't you hear that and say to you know Flip and Gerson or – not fl- drip and Gerson. Thank you. Don't you go in and say, uh, "What do you think? What are we thinking here?" I mean, you gotta, you gotta at least broach the subject, right? You do, but the thing here too that Saunders is trying to preach is defense, and we know that you know we've we've seen marked results from Wiggins and Towns. You've got Covington and Akogi, who are the defensive champs on this team, if you will. Um, is it something that Levine can learn? and can pick up on. He hasn't learned it by now. He really didn't have it in his first time in Minnesota. That's the big question. Now, the other question here, too, is what's going to happen with the Bulls? Um, you know, they're, they're underachieving. Boylan pulls Levine. Levine comes back and has this amazing game. Was that all part of the plan by Boylan to light a fire under Levine's ass to get him going? Was that actually Boylan pulling him because he wanted to pull him? Nobody's really going to know except for Boylan. But this Bulls team is underperforming massively by the standards that a lot of people thought when they added Kobe White. You get Wendell Carter Jr. You get Lowry Markkinen. You get, uh, what is it, Kelly Oubre, right? Or no, Otto Porter. Otto Porter. And then you have Levine. That's a starting five that eventually is going to win you games. Bulls fans are not happy with the progress that they've seen now. And uh, uh, unfortunately, we could see some swift changes coming very quickly. It's a weird... It's a weird t- first of all, I don't think Jim Boylan's a good coach. That's the first thing I'll no, say. No, he's not the answer. And so th- that's, the, that's part of the issue. Well, I hope... But I Players hope that's have what... not taken the jump either. Um, Larry Markkinen, it's just not there yet. And I'm a huge... I'm, I'm, that was the guy I wanted for the Wolves. Yeah. And I would still take him in a heartbeat. So... You know, Wendell Carter Jr., Kobe White, Zach Levine, they've got some good pieces. They do. But just because you have pieces doesn't mean you have uh, the answer to the puzzle. No, and I, I, hope they, I hope they make a coaching change before a player change. Agreed. Agreed. And I think they will because I think, obviously, Kobe White's got the benefit of the doubt right now because he's still a rookie. Zach Levine is Zach Levine, so he's great. Well, a lot of people didn't want them to sign him to when they – so no. the Kings offered the contract – Bulls, it was up to them whether they wanted to match. They chose to match. A lot of people thought that was a mistake. And then you get, I mean, Otto Porter, I think, is a good contributor on this team. You've got Wendell Carter. Yep. Uh, sure. So the pieces are there. It's getting them all playing together and on the same page. Yep. And I don't think that Jim Boylan ignites Easier said than done, of course. That's always going to be your yep. issue. Easier said than done. So, so there's, there's good coaches out there that can take the spot. Yeah. Uh, is, Agreed. Let me, let me ask you a question. Is Dave Yeager employed anywhere right now? 
Uh, I don't believe so. Uh, is he an assistant somewhere? I can't think of. But my my goodness, there's guys if I'm that make sense more I than Jim Boylan. I get rid of Boylan as quickly as possible. Remember last year, all the issues that came up about him at practices and like the way he was running it, and just there was there was red flags. Uh, it's, it's not working. I, I, to me, I didn't think it was ever going to work. So the fact that someone else did, I think he was put in a bad situation to begin with. Um, I don't think he was ready to be a head coach. Uh, even five years from now, I still don't think he's necessarily ready to be a head coach. But he was put in a very bad situation yep. uh, by a bad front office who is still around. And I think until the front office changes are made, uh, this team is going to struggle for a while. Speaking of front office issues or bad organizations, this leads us into our next topic, which I thought was pretty good. And this is, have you heard about this Richard Jefferson and the New York Knicks? I saw it pop up on Twitter. Uh, but I did not read it. So during here. the broadcast of a recent game, uh, Richard Jefferson goes, the Knicks? No, I'll retire. That's why I retired. They were the one team that offered me a job. And he was basically like, if the Knicks come a calling. Well, so within the last hour, Knicks came out and said, for clarification purposes, it is not true that the New York Knicks offered Richard Jefferson a contract in either the summer of 2018 or 2019. So, uh, you know, very interesting. The funny thing... Uh, this someone on Twitter, Joseph Flynn, I don't know who that is, but he goes, the Richard Jefferson story was dumb and forgotten immediately, but here come the Knicks 24 hours later <laughs> to breathe life back into it. They literally do the opposite of public relations. I mean, it's one of those public things where negations. I, it's just so stupid. And that's, that's bad. The, the Knicks have to be uh, one of, if not the worst run franchise. Oh, like someone said, this is the, I actually broke up with her of PR yeah. statements. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's not you, it's me. It's so stupid. I, I just don't know what you're thinking as an organization. Again, the, the Knicks, you know, people want to rip the wolves for a lot of the decisions they've made, and, and rightfully so, but man, the Knicks. Did you see the Cleveland Cavaliers on? tweet from uh, about a half hour ago? No. For clarification purposes, it is true that Richard Jefferson became a champion of Cleveland in the summer of 2016. <laughs> That's awesome. So the Cavs are getting involved in it as well, uh, having a little fun at the Knicks' expense. Because at this point... Everybody's having fun at the Knicks' expense. I mean, it's just the whole thing's so ridiculous, if you ask me. It's uh, funny. Breaking news, Rob. Oh, yeah? On the Timberwolves front. Uh, Jared, Michael Jordan's coming out of retirement and joining Jared, the Wolves? <laughs> Jarrett Culver is the uh, starter, and Jeff Teague has officially been moved to the bench. I was taking a drink, but I still wouldn't have talked if I could. That's like, like for good or what? Uh, yeah. Uh, John Krasinski reports that Teague was open and accepting of the role. I don't know about you, but I'm so much more excited to watch tonight's game. Jarrett Culver is start is starting against Atlanta. And that is the plan moving forward. Teague is open to the idea of leading the second unit, especially given that Wiggins has assumed so much responsibility as an initiator this season. I have been saying for a while now it's on Twitter. I got the receipts. I mean, you know, that's what we do here in 2019, but I wanted this for a while because to me, I felt like, as much as I dislike Jeff Teague at times, I feel like that forces him into a role where he has to be more assertive. The, the, the red flag, of course, is Napier. What happens with Napier? But a lot of people came out and said they thought that they could play together, and I, I think that's fair because they're both good shooters. They are. Both good facilitators. And the way we use our team, uh, positions aren't exactly positions. It's a positionless basketball, they like to call it. So I love this. I absolutely love this. I, I think it, what it does, too, is it, it puts the power in Jarrett Culver's hands and says, here's the deal. We're giving you, we're passing the torch to you. Yep. You need to step up and be better than you've been. And we've seen that in little bits and pieces, but we need him to be better like consistently, which we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Hopefully uh, this is the move that does it. Sh- uh, Shabazz Napier was doubtful for the game tonight anyways with right hamstring strain. Uh, Travion Grand, who is questionable, is playing. No word yet on a Kogi. Uh, at the time that uh, he's got that we're so recording. um he's been having that the knee soreness which uh anytime and for anyone that's ever had knee problems i've had a history of knee problems in my life nothing serious but i get the knee soreness thing and i, I understand where they're coming from and you don't want it to become something more serious so i like that they're taking a step back and saying we got to take this day by day you look at some of these other injuries look at shabazz napier you don't want any any little injury to turn into a long-term injury it's just <laughs> not worth it uh sorry to circle back to the whole Richard Jefferson thing, but just scrolling through Twitter because it was blowing up with the whole uh, co- or with the uh, Culver news. Yeah, there's a Twitter account called Dolan J Trump, which is a mixture of uh, James, D- Dolan James Dolan and Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. Yeah, yeah. 
goes, isn't it funny how Richard Jefferson says he was loyal to the Nets by never playing for the Knicks, but the Nets thought so little of him that they traded him for Yi Jin Lan? Loser Richard is just obsessed with the Knicks. <laughs> Might be one of my so favorite, favorite Twitter accounts. Supreme Overlord of the Garden is the uh, the Twitter bio. That's fantastic. I re- <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, okay, no, but I'm, I'm very happy with that move of uh, getting Culver into the starting role. I think this now is an evaluation for Culver because yep. I think it's pretty clear cut in stone that Teague does not end the season in Minnesota. Uh, so the Wolves want to see what they get out of Culver while Shabazz Napier is still on the mend. And then when Napier comes back, I think he could become the starter potentially if Culver does not perform well. If Maybe. Culver, if I don't Culver know. performs well, call, call it that. And, and Napier will come off the bench. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I don't if, think this if changes. Culver, if Culver struggles mightily like he's done the last couple games... I you got you got to do something if this team is in games. I don't think it's like that. I don't think it's a short leash kind of thing because with a rookie and because I think some rookies and Jared Culver seems to be one of those players that's a little bit um I guess you don't want to damage you don't want to damage what you have further. So you don't want to say, you know, you don't want to say 5 games or 10 games in. Maybe it's not ideal. You're not going to all of a sudden, but well, that's it. We we've seen enough. Like cuz to me that's long-term damaging. So I'd be shocked if anything changes. Okogi is available to play tonight. Oh, by good. The way. That's that's huge for us. What about is Rocco playing? Uh, he's not listed on the injury report. I know, but that's because he's not injured. His great aunt died. Well, and I so mean, I'm... he's not listed as out. Or oh, okay. All right. Play. Okay. Well, then, then I'm I'm assuming he must be playing then, which would be big. We need him. He's an important piece. Bottom line, he's an important piece. So, um, moving on to we already touched on the Zach Levine. Next story I want to kind of hit up on is the uh, LaMelo Ball and uh, what he just did. He had the huge game uh, in the, um, why am I drawing a blank? The NBL, yep. over on in the NBL, monster game. Now, the one thing that you run into that's been a, a, an issue with LaMelo is he'll put up big stats, but they won't get wins. So it was nice to see that he gets a triple-double and they get the win. And, and he was the reason why they got that win. Hits a huge three-pointer to take it into overtime. Just uh, an overtime monster dunk. If you haven't seen it, lots to like about LaMelo. And the reason we bring him up, and we're going to touch more on this in our 2K All Day segment later on in the show, but he would look good in a Wolves uniform. I, I will say I would really like to see him in a Wolves uniform. Now, it's not just him. There's a lot of point guards that look pretty good. But based on what we just saw out of him, he's kind of the hot name. And I know a lot of scouts have started to talk him up. Some people think he could end up being the number one overall pick. That's that's a thing. It is a thing. And this is a pretty good overall draft for point guards from what we've seen, especially with the top two names in LaMelo and Cole Anthony. Um, but I, I think for me, I just with, – with that whole family, I just get worried. You know, he's, is he pl- what kind of competition is LaMelo playing against? I mean, considering he's 18 years of age and he's playing in a professional basketball league, that's a, that's a big deal. I understand, but what's the level of competition? What's it comparable to? I mean, it's a good – think about some of the other players have started doing this now. This is, he's not the first one to do it. I, but that's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying who is he, like, who is he playing against? Is he playing against guys, other guys that have the potential in this, to come into this league? Yeah, Mitchell Creek. The Australian Basketball okay. League is not a joke. I mean, it's not. I, I it's, know not, it's not. I, mean, I get Mitch that it's Creek not the Euro League. Over there. It's not. Yeah, some people. By the way, just just an aside. <laughs> he's killing it. I saw there was a tweet talking about him as a potential MVP candidate. Yeah. So what regardless, is, my point is, but that, that's a good league. It's not a great league, but you're talking about playing against grown men. You're not doing that in college. No, uh, I understand but, that. But, but we're not even talking but, about college. But how, but how is that going to translate? Now we saw. I think Bogut came from that league. If I remember correctly, could be. I don't know that for sure because uh, I know he's he's been out there for a long time. But uh, but my my only concern with Lamelo and the numbers that we're seeing is the competition level. Yes, he's facing grown men, but if I took two or three of those guys that are their top points per game, top rebounds per game, top producers, and put them in the NBA. How would those guys do? That's yeah, the question. You we can have. say the same thing about college. There's a lot of players in college that are bad. Exactly. But so the, my point is, it's at least as good, if not better, than college. You can't. You, so he goes to college and what? Put some amazing numbers, and that's better for you. Like you, you. That's better. If he's playing against other NBA caliber guys, I, yeah. But most teams have maybe one or two NBA caliber guys. That's that's very similar to what you see in other professional leagues around the world. But are we seeing that in the NBL? 
Yeah, there's players there that that are in the NBL playing well enough that they that I mean that's not it's not a throwaway league. Okay, it, I, it's not a throwaway I, league. I, I just don't know a lot about the, the NBL. The big so thing, just... the big thing for him is is shooting. He has to improve his shooting. His shots janky, which again I bring this up all the time. That's a ball family. But thing. How do you get to a level where you're like? I mean, how do you get to a level where you're a top tier player and at no point does somebody get you to understand how to shoot a basketball properly? You know what I'm saying? I don't get that. That to me, that's such a weird thing. So, uh, but just a name, a name to watch. Uh, not necessarily specifically for the Wolves because I think it's a long shot, but just a name to watch. Keep an eye on his NBL career, well, and then I think I want to. Well, re- real quick before you move on, sure. We'd have the season would have to go horribly bad for this Timberwolves team to have a shot at the number one overall pick. I think even a top five pick. I think this Wolves team is going to be uh, a. 10 to 15 range pick if we don't make the playoffs. Yeah, that's fair. Um, we have, I think we still have a chance at making the playoffs, but this team is not mm-hmm. going to be a top five pick team unless somehow Something for the first time drastic. in team history, we're 13th and we get the number three overall yep. pick in the draft. Something drastic happening. would have to happen. I would yeah. agree with that. Uh, the last thing I want to touch on is the NBA is a, uh, this is, this was actually reported by uh, Zach Lowe and Adrian Wojnarowski. NBA is engaged in serious discussions with the, the NBA PA. So the players association, and uh, broadcast partners on sweeping dramatic changes to the league calendar. It would include a reseeding of the four conference finalists, a 30-team in-season tournament, and a postseason play-in. Now, I want to get your thoughts on this, Kevin. I'll give mine. Uh, some of this stuff is really cool, but I think, we're, I think we're in agreement. I know a lot of people are in this same boat. Instead of doing something like a reseeding going into the conference finals, which I think is, is, is pretty stupid, I'll be honest. I think it's stupid. But what they need to do is you need to get rid of conferences. Just get rid of conferences. The top 16 teams make it. Yes. And then you won't have the issue where for years now we've had a West that's so much better than the East. Let's get rid of conferences. Let's get rid of that issue. On top of that, the second you get rid of conferences, now you can create a schedule that puts an emphasis on things like rivalries. And that's what I want to see. So when I talk, when I hear about sweeping changes, do changes that are going to make a difference to teams. I don't want the Wolves every single season to be the team that travels more than anyone else. This is how you make a change there. So we have an official statement from an owner on, oh, on these. Mark Cuban went to Twitter. Of course it's Mark Cuban. Of course it's Mark Cuban. Uh, so Mark, Cuban, Mark Cuban, by the way. Ten, minute, ten minutes ago, by the way. So this is still fresh. Uh, he says, in my honest opinion, key reason I'm not for a 78-game schedule. In a very competitive OTT environment, our potential customers' greatest challenges are customer acquisition and retention. Makes sense. Keeping the fans in the seats, keeping yep. them interested. For sure. Longer season slash year-round NBA program equals more signups, less reason to churn, more value. So he's basically looking at it from more or less a money standpoint of if we cut down on the season for whatever reason, make the offseason longer, there's the potential of losing more interest, losing retention, losing fans in the seats, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Because if we look at what the NBA has statistically done for at least even the last three seasons, much less even longer than that, with how the free agent market and how the draft stuff has all gone, NBA is in the news cycle year round yep. already. Add Summer League, which which they've already announced, they've already said they're changing. They're going to make it so guys like Jared Culver don't have the issue where they can't play. So they do a great job, to me, in most cases, of addressing problems and fixing them. This is an instance where well, let's, let's, I don't think they're doing that. Let's break down. So go over each of the different items, and you and I will say if we like them or not. Because I think there's parts of this that are good. Um, let's start with the 78-game season. Are you for – I mean, I'm – I mean, for cutting four games off, giving teams an extra rest day here and there, I'm fine with that. I, the one thing you have to consider, though, we're talking 78 games, but then, then they're going to add, like – other games in like a playoff or like a play in or so, a tournament. Yes to a 78, but no to the in season tournament because that's a hideous idea. I'm, I'm, I disagree with that. I don't, I'm not going to say it's a hit. I need, I need to kind of think on it more. A good example would be the in 2K where they have the NBA lottery, uh, the way you can have that NBA yeah. lottery tournament. There's ways to do it which could be kind of fun. I, I just don't know what the p- purpose is. Have you read into this more? Like, what's the purpose of the tournament? I, I honestly, I haven't read too much on the actual tournament itself, but I, it just, it doesn't make sense to me how, I mean, like you said, I think we need to know more about it. So they say there's a small possibility of a team playing a maximum of 83 games based on possible tournament and playing scenarios, they said. 
So for the in-season tournament, the NBA is focused on 30-team participation that begins with a divisional group stage of scheduled regular season games. So they say these those pre-knockout round games would be part of the regular season schedule. So with that in mind, I, I, I kind of get that. I, I think that's kind of cool. Uh, the six divisional was with, ugh, winners based on home and road records in the group stage, and the two teams with the next best records would advance to a single elimination knockout round. So it's it's... It's interesting. It's not as bad. I don't think it's as bad as you think it's going to be. They have a way to do it, but what does it what does it solve? What's the purpose? I don't think it's what are what are teams getting out of what it? What are we what is anyone getting out of Except it? Except more re, more revenue. So, they say the NBA and the NBA PA are finding common ground on a post-Thanksgiving tournament window that would extend into mid-December. I just don't so it'd be let's see. So late January, February tournament and it would culminate with a final four during All-Star weekend. The way they present that sounds cool, but aren't they just saying to themselves, like, you know, look how big the NCAA tournament is. What if we did something like that? To me, that's what that screams. And what's the purpose of it? They do say the NBA PA was resistant uh, to shortening players' all-star breaks and requiring some to potentially participate in the in-season tournament all-star weekend. I I just, they talk about uh, roster turnover is a big issue. Uh, There's obviously some timing issues. And if, if things run into March... Then you talk about competing with college basketball. There's a lot of question marks. Now, uh, as far as the play-in proposal, uh, they talk about it should be two four-team tournaments featuring the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th seeds in each conference. Uh, the 7th seed would host the 8th with the winner of that single game earning the 7th spot, league sources said. And then 9-10, you know, winner of that uh, game facing the loser. And uh, that's how you get that final playoff spot. I find that very intriguing, and you've seen that in other like that's what baseball did. Yeah, baseball's kind of done something similar. So I don't have an issue with that portion, but I agree, the tournament. I just don't get what the purpose is. What like I and I'm not maybe I'm missing this. If you win, what do you get? Do you under, do you know? I mean, I don't. No. I don't think it's anything. They, I, they don't. They don't say so. Having a tournament just to have a tournament, pointless. Nothing. It's more. It's more revenue possibility for the teams for them to jack up prices. Uh, I'm just kind of reading more. So, uh, yeah, I just don't. I don't think it's. To me, I don't think a tournament happens again. And it's like, but it's, at, at the same point too. Okay, cool. The the teams get prize money. All right, sweet. A lot of them are already making a bunch of money. I mean, they're all making good money a year. What you're going to split a five million dollar prize among thirteen players? It sounds to me like this is happening. Like it may the way this article is written, it makes it sound like it's going to happen. 2021-2022 season. That's dumb. I, again, I get rid of I, conferences. I hope not. Just get rid of conferences. Why do we have to make this so difficult? Just get rid of conferences, and we don't have any problems. That's it. Just nope. get rid of conferences. We can move on, and everyone's happy. We don't need all this extra garbage. In fact, get rid of conferences, and then if you want to still do, if you still want to do like the plan, you can still do that with the, with the lower teams. So you know, it'd be like, what, 15, 16, 17, 18? You can still do that. And to me, it's stupid the way they're doing it. I just don't. I don't get it, and uh, I'm with you. I just. I don't think it serves a purpose. It's baffling. You're listening to the Howl part of Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel.